Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Grandquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thank you so much for tuning into the show that celebrates creating and stories. Let's get together and tune our imaginations. Today I'm going to talk about this fantastic picture book that I've discovered. It's called The Night Gardener, and it's by the Fan Brothers. It's a story about the topiary trees that begin to appear during the overnight hours on Grimlock Lane, and it's magical. These trees transform so that everyone begins waiting to find out what the new animal topiary will be revealed by the morning's light. These creations are grand and awe-inspiring, and everyone comes out to admire the work of the night gardener and play around these topiary trees. It brings the whole community together. And what makes this book is I mean, it's a beautiful story, but the illustrations are just a wonder. And the first thing that catches my attention are the intricate line drawings. The colors are very muted, and I love the way that the artist has used hatches, those shading that's created by multiple crossing lines. Each of the images is full of delightful wonders. There might be a critter watching from the sidelines, a left-behind toy, a light in the window, a sign. You want to linger on each page and take in the scene. And the night gardener makes us see nature and miss the beauty of the creations when the seasons change. It's about dedication to making something beautiful and sharing that creation with the world. It's about us reveling in the delight of creativity and what possibilities nature can reveal to us. I say we all need a night gardener in our life. Someone to help us bring our fancies to life. Someone that helps us value our imagination. And someone that helps bring us together. I think that's it's a beautiful story. So if you haven't heard of it before, The Night Gardener by the Fan Brothers is a wonderful book to pick up. And I've I've thought about that because I've always admired gardeners because I think the gardeners in our community are like that, that they can create these amazing spaces and their talents for creating these spaces draw us into nature. And it's a treat to be able to take a peek into the gardens of our neighbors and it's just something I look forward to every year, and someday I always dream about the garden that might be in my yard that isn't there yet, but someday. So I think that's that's what has me most excited today to celebrate the Northfield Garden Tour 2022. Joining me today is Elizabeth Olson. Welcome to Arts Any Radio. Thank you. And you are the president of the Northfield Garden Club this year. Correct. So thank you for being here and for coordinating this tour and for getting us together here to talk about it. Also joining is Kathy Larson from, she's going to be one of the gardens that's featured on our, on the tour. Welcome to Arts Any Radio. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have both of you here. The garden tour is this weekend. So Correct. Folks need to put that on their calendar. It is July 9th from 11 to 4 and the 10th from 11 to 4. Easy to find. Um, the signs, are they still the bright pink this year? The signs are going to be up, and there will indeed be bright pink banners hanging in the yard of each of the gardens that are being featured. Also, if people are interested in going on the tour, if you go to our website, the Northfield Garden Club, you will find all six addresses. So people can start at any one of the gardens Tickets are for sale at all six gardens, and they will be $10. And you don't have to buy the ticket in advance. You can just come to the very first garden you want Correct. to stop in at. fact, uh, COVID changed our policy. We used to sell tickets ahead of time, and because of COVID, we chose to wait till the day and sell it at the sites. And that worked so well for us last year, we decided to continue with that practice. Oh, that's wonderful. And I should ask, are there any specific COVID guidelines that need to be uh, conveyed? Since it's outdoors, no. What we say to people is, if you are more comfortable wearing a mask, by all means, do wear your mask, even though you will be outside and visiting our gardens, because we want people to feel safe. 
Right. And to be able to enjoy the spaces and take in that beauty. And so I, I wonder if um, we'll talk a little bit about the Garden Club in a minute, but I thought I'd have you each introduce uh, yourselves and tell a little bit about your gardens and a little bit about your experience gardening. You want to start, Kathy? Yeah, thanks. Um, well, I had a long history of gardening. We were on the farm for 38 years. Our farm was halfway between Northfield and Faribault and um, had a traditional vegetable garden, 20 by 20, but working with Connect's Nursery, Leif Connect introduced my husband and I, canoeing down the Cannon River 50-some <laughs> years ago. Oh, really? So he's the reason you're together? Yeah. Oh, that's a and wonderful a story. A lot of the reason for us into gardening and helping us through these years of gardening. So Connects Nursery has been good to us. What were some of the vegetables that really uh, succeeded in your garden? Well, what I miss most now that we've moved into town, I don't have vegetables, just flower gardens, but I miss desperately my asparagus patch and raspberry patch. And those take a long time to get established. So yeah. once they are and they're just they're fruitful and it's a hard I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the people that are now on the farm continue that tradition. Do you yeah, know? They're they're doing great. Um a young couple bought the farm and it turned out that the husband, uh Casey Betzel, is related to my husband through a great great grandfather on Albers. My husband is Steve Albers and they're related through, like, a Civil War veteran, Henry Albers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you didn't know that until after you had, had made the sale. Made and the deal, yeah. And meeting his parents and his mother mentioned, oh, I've been here before for Farm Bureau events. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so that's that was great. But they had, they're wonderful at gardening. And Sarah, uh, Casey's wife, Sarah Betzel, had the sunflower maze that you might have seen along Highway 3. So they're they're definitely carrying on a long tradition, starting with Steve's grandparents who lived on that farm. But our farm, our um, yard right now in Northfield, we're just um, east of the golf course. Um, it's um, uh, features rock terraces, especially. We had previous owners. We've just been there nine years, and the previous owners left us a legacy of beautiful hardscaping, as they call it. So rock terraces, paver patios, um, flagstone steps, which are just a wonderful bones for the garden that we stepped into. Um, but, you know, the theme of the tour this year is small gardens. Ours is by no means small, but it's a series, a group, if you'll think of it, of smaller gardens, hosta garden, rock gardens, um, a North Woods element that Leif recommended to us. So it's, it'll be a good experience, and it's, the tour is so much fun. Uh, we've done it many years where we'll hop on our bicycle. Last year it was mostly at the St. Olaf side. Hopped on our bicycle, went to all the sites, had a great day. So I hope people come out and, and enjoy it. It's so fun. Bring a picnic to our place. We've got tables. <laughs> Oh, what a lovely invitation. And you're on, is it Parmetto? Yes. So folks can uh, find that. Again, the website is the Northfield Garden Club. So that's, uh, and it's dot, is it org? So folks, if you want to go and click on that under events and calendar, the 2022 garden tour is listed and you'll have all the specific details. And uh, I do, I too uh, do enjoy uh, doing the tour for that inspiration. And and last year, I think, Elizabeth, you were my first guest back live in the studio after I'd taken a little break for COVID and wondering uh, what, you know, was it okay? We were kind of in that place, right? And so the thing I remember most about the garden tour was seeing all the friends, you know, that I hadn't seen in person yes. for, for so long and just being, you know, just in addition to the beauty of the garden and, you know, having those moments where you're like, Oh, you're okay. How are you doing? You know, <laughs> exactly. And and of course, uh, the piece that uh, the reason we have the garden tour is all the money goes towards the beautification of downtown Northfield. And so we were eager uh, to try it. And it was very much an experiment on our part last year because the year before mm -hmm. COVID had made it impossible. We felt to uh, attempt the tour. 
Right, and so I'm so thrilled it's back again. Tell us a little bit about your garden and how it's doing this year. Well, uh, for those who have done the tour over the years, my home has been open three different times. Was it three? I thought it was yes. two. Okay. And the reason three is my I moved to Northfield in 2010. And I inherited a property with a very precipitous drop in the back, and so it had to be terraced. And so I uh, basically had nine different areas that I was developing, and so I thought, oh, 2011, I think people should see that gardens don't have to be perfect to be on the garden tour and also the idea was to inspire people to think about their yards how could they do something and so I did that and there were a number of people who commented to me uh, oh that was so much fun <laughs> to see a new garden right. and maybe about three or four years later, I've lost track, I decided people might like to come back and see what happened with this vision that I had that was very, very new. And uh, they did indeed. And so uh, when we in 2019 had the theme, We Are Water, I thought, well, I do use rain barrels. And I decided at the last minute to add a xeriscaping garden. I remember that garden because that was something I didn't know until I visited your place. Nor did I until I <laughs> talked with one of our members, Heidi Brasso, who also works at Connects. She's now a landscape architect for them. Uh, anyway, uh, she suggested, mm, if this is We Are Water, have you thought of, and I had a raised vegetable garden that was... Unfortunately, not successful. I did come into gardening with two purple thumbs. I just have one left now. But uh, <laughs> you noticed it was my left thumb that stayed up. But uh, in any event, uh, Heidi said, well, convert. you could convert that vegetable garden that you are not being very successful with into a xeriscape garden, which I did in 2019. So that, again, we are water. Remind our listeners what that is so that they, if there might be other oh, people. Oh, xeriscape gardening is, uh, well, if you lived in Arizona, you do a lot of xeriscape gardening because that's gardening that does not require watering for the most part. And so I... I develop that and it is just going like gangbusters because you have like a really bright sunny spot at yes, the top I, of the hill yes i did and and uh then i added a teeny little uh rain garden if you wish at the base of my hill because one of my uh, downspouts off of my roof just led to this one little spot and while heidi was there do helping me with the zero escape gardening planning uh she said that could work very well as a, just a little mini place to catch the water because there was a little rock, or and so we added a little bit more, and it catches the water beautifully. And uh, so that's why I was on the garden tour for a third time. So even in one space, you can have multiple kinds of gardens. Exactly. As, as Kathy mentioned, her garden is an excellent example of mini, mini gardens m-i-n-i gardens <laughs> and so well let me ask both of you i'll start with kathy how do you envision what you want it to be what what do you do to kind of decide where you want to go because i think it that's that's for me is the hardest part right trying to figure out well, what what is it i want because it's it's hard to get there how do you do that visioning of where you want to take your garden? Well, you, the title of your program is, you know, perfect for it, Art and Zany. You know, <laughs> you need a little artistry and you need to be a little zany <laughs> to, to get it done and pull it all together. But um, for me, you know, it's the typical things. You want um, it to look nice in different seasons. So you've mm. got to use your imagination. What is this going to look like in spring or especially winter? How can I make this interesting in the winter? You want um, blooming to, to continue, you know, especially to sport our friendly bees and butterflies and other pollinators. Um, you want it to have um, color changes, texture, flow. Like Heidi <laughs> at Connects, um, 
I needed a, I had a few bare spots. I said, you got any ideas for me? And she says, oh, why don't you put some little blue stem in there? And the little blue stem is a grass, a prairie grass, and it's just wonderful. It grows in this tall grass, and uh, even in the winter, it just waves. It turns colors, you know, from blue to reddish colors in the fall, and you know, it's just a wonderful additive to it. Uh, but another concern for me is uh, my age. I wanted to be able to make it easier for me to maintain <laughs> And if you come out and see it, you'll see I'm insane, zany again. But, you know, it's, it's huge the gardens, idea. a lot of work. But, you know, I am moving from annuals, which are really a lot of busy work, to more perennials and, and shrubs that are easier to maintain. Yeah, and didn't you have, I was just reading the, the list, uh, section of Lomo Lawn. I was curious about that because that's something my husband and I often talk about. I say, we're not, we don't have to be grass farmers. <laughs> Why? Why don't we figure out something else to do? What is that section? Well, um, it's also called uh, eco-grass lawn mm. or no-mow. It's actually not really no-mow. It's mow as much as you want. Okay. We mow twice a year, um, one after the seed heads come out, so you can kind of contain it that way, and then right before winter because you don't want it all matted down and killing itself, so you mow it really low. But it's a mixture of fescues instead of this Kentucky bluegrass that's very short-rooted. Mm -hmm. You know, it just goes down an inch or two. But the fescue will develop long roots. And um, so last year we had that drought, and I took pictures from an upstairs bedroom, and you could see the fescue was bright green, even though it had been watered even less than the Kentucky bluegrass. Bluegrass brown like a lot of our lawns right now. So, And it was in a slopey area, a shady area, and this mix of six fescue uh, grasses just performed beautifully, but it's still an experiment for us. Um, uh, so we're seeing how that develops. It's also a taller grass, so it kind of flows, you know, instead of just being eh, green, <laughs> it's got a nice flow and texture to it. See, you know, that sounds appealing to me. I think that's, that's a good thing. And there's, there's always something changing in gardening and, and new ideas. And, you know, we should maybe visit a little bit about some of the gardens that will be featured this year. Because there might be a lot of people who have smaller spaces or just want to start with a small space. Because I think sometimes that's what's intimidating is you think, my whole yard, you know, and, and, and so much could go wrong. And sometimes thinking on those planes of seasonal and color and height and, you know, it, it's like, oh, I don't know where to begin. Exactly. And, and one of our gardens, in fact, had a major problem, the black walnuts. Oh, and they make it very difficult yes, to grow. Th yes, uh, uh, Marshall and Carla Hansen. At their home, they discovered that they were very limited as to what they could do, and it's amazing what he's accomplished. So I'd uh, encourage people to not to be discouraged if they are fighting the black walnut uh, situation. Also, uh, perhaps some people live in townhouses, and they're feeling, oh, you know, I'm really very limited. Well, that's our first garden, uh, Lori McKenzie's garden, uh, is in a townhouse setting, and it's amazing what she's done, especially in her backyard. She, she was commenting to uh, the secretary of our uh, garden club, who is a next-door neighbor, that people are driving around, and, and because our addresses have been oh, on the website, sure. and so they're kind of maybe deciding where they do or don't want to go or uh, whatever. And, and she said, and it's not the front yard, it's the backyard. They need to, you know, stop and come to the backyard. So hopefully those who maybe were casing the joint, so to speak, will, will take the time to, to uh, stop at, at Lori's. That's she, what I mentioned is I love that idea. You, you get to kind of open the gate or go through the side door and, and see what, because a lot of people have some amazing things that you don't see driving around. And, and this is so much the case for Julie and Steve Faulkner. 
you look, all there is is a, a sprawling tree in the front that has had to have a haircut and will need more of a haircut because of the wires that come from the street oh. to the house to provide, you know, the electrical connection. And Wouldn't so, that be great if they could then trim them like like the night gardener into these critters? And oh, like, oh, I know. <laughs> I, oh, she's going to have to change the type of tree, however, because I believe now it's a crab apple tree. Oh, yeah, that won't work. And that won't work. No, but uh, maybe Julie might pick up on your idea. Sure, (laughs) but that's one you said you need to go into the backyard. What kind of garden will you see there? Meanwhile, when you get to uh, 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 Kathy uh, Tetmeyer Pack's home, she and Steve Pack have only the front yard developed. The backyard, mm -mm. but they developed their front yard and one of the things that happened uh, when I was talking with Kathy the other day that I had forgotten about this story, when they moved in, there was rock everywhere in their yard. It was like this little, it's almost a cul-de-sac, but it isn't. And somehow or other, maybe it was just their yard. Anyhow, you know how movers have to pile things when they're digging <laughs> holes and whatever? And they really had it in spades. So they... They got lemons, and it's the most gorgeous lemonade you've ever seen, so much so that it was featured in the March-April magazine by a called The Northern Gardener, oh. Minnesota State Horticultural Society, featured their whole neighborhood. back. Uh, the, the, it was a special article, and they featured what they had accomplished down here. Uh, That's a really uh, great magazine that has all kinds of things for people in our world right what we can grow here and exactly because zone four is not given it's just desserts so to speak in books the gardening books when they're published because it is a limiting zone in a way but it isn't because as kathy pointed out uh what we want as zone four gardeners is to have interest in the winter and if you plan for that winter look it is stunning what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have color and you can have, like you said, movement is important. And uh, so Yes, and for me, I'm, I uh, definitely was thinking of that uh, as I've added the plantings on my property. On my property, there are only a bloodroot bush and I, if I'm not, well, I moved the rhododendron bush, so it's got a different. Shrub, I mean. So it's in a different location. I think that may be the only remaining item on the property that was original. Oh, that's only two things. That's correct. <laughs> that's correct. You, you have done, and, and that's the thing. Oh, fern. Fern oh. underneath the steps that come off of the deck. <laughs> but the, And you can see, too, because you mentioned it was 2011 when you did the tour, so the gardening started a couple years before it that. It started just the year before, because I moved in in... March of 2010, and I had this wonderful contractor who told me I couldn't put in a retaining wall because it would be too many courses high, so I had to develop little... That's mm-hmm. how I wound terraced. up with with, with uh, a terrace going down. And like Kathy, I, too, only wanted perennials. I didn't want the care that goes with the with annuals, so I have hanging baskets for, mm-hmm. to accommodate the... The, the semi-interest, but I have tulips and daffodils uh, in the spring under my crab apple tree. Then my crab apple tree and my magnolia come out, and it it and and you were asking how did I decide what I was going to do? One of the things that decided it was driving out to connects. Mm. They like to bring out whatever's the beauty of the of the month or the couple of weeks when it's in its full glory so to speak and i would come and i would say oh i want you in my yard then i would go home and i would look and i would savor for maybe a couple of weeks when i knew there was something i wanted and i can remember specifically my honey uh locust tree and Oh, my goodness, I decided, no, I don't want that, as I would look around at others' yards and what it did. So then I went back, and they had a twisty baby locust, (laughs) which is the most interesting shape, so that almost everyone who visits my garden and sees me asks, 
what tree is that? And it's because I chose to put it in a place that would block off the view of the neighbors. So that it would stop your eye there instead of going over to the neighbor's yard. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so that's what determined my, my um, uh, choices to a certain extent was the zaniness of, of the foliage and how it would play with another piece of foliage. I, I just had fun. I have over 150 different shrubs, trees, and Perennials. I think that what you point out is how the um, garden then takes, it keeps, it has an evolution, right? You can have this vision, but you may not be able to do that within the space you have, within the light you have, within the water you have, or the, the zone that you live in. And so it, it, it it's constantly evolving, and that can be exciting and you can embrace that or it can be a challenge folks this is art zany radio for the imagination we're talking today about the northfield garden tour and i'm thrilled to have elizabeth olson and kathy larson here from the garden tour 2022 it is this weekend saturday the 9th from 11 to 4 Sunday the 10th from 11 to 4, rain or shine. All locations are open both days of the weekend. You can get a ticket at any one of the sites where you can start your tour and then go through to all the uh, all the rest. Tickets are $10. That covers all gardens both days. You can come back and visit again. Uh, Absolutely. If you In find- fact, we welcome it. Exactly. So it's a whole weekend you can spend, and you can get lots of details at thenorthfieldgardenclub.org. And if you click on their events calendar, it has all the details um, listed as the garden tour for 2022. And now for you, Kathy, you uh, kind of taken the gardening and decided that um, in addition to just being in your garden, you want to learn more. So what have you done that's uh, an exciting new development? Well, um, at age 71, I'm going back to school, and I became an intern for the University of Minnesota Extension Master Gardener Program. So I've completed my 16-module core course through the winter. They have an online course for you to get the knowledge you need to become a certified Master Gardener. And now I'm in the middle of doing my 50 hours of volunteer work this year before I become official January 1st. But if any of you out there are, you know, love to learn about gardening and to share what you've learned, um, just Google Master Gardener UMN. Um, and on the day of the tour, I'm wearing today, you can't see it, but I have a maroon, as in maroon and gold, apron. Um, and you'll see me there, and I'd be happy to answer any questions, especially about my garden but and about the Master Gardener program. Yeah, it sounds, is it really challenging? And uh, I'd, I'd be a little intimidated because there's a lot to learn and to, to know about gardens. Tell me about the studying and the different kinds of things you had to, to uh, be aware of and, and the knowledge to gain to pass that. Well, the 16 modules covered all sorts of things. Um, you know, wildlife management. What do we do about, you know, rabbits or deers attacking? <laughs> right now it's <laughs> raccoons for us in our mm. backyard. Um, you know, insect control, integrated pest management, um, you know, the whole gamut of things, your botany courses. But it actually wasn't that intimidating. I'd, I'd put it at the level of, you know, undergraduate um, course in horticulture. Mm-hmm. It's about that level of experience. But to pa- they have quizzes for each one of the modules, but they're open book. You know, fairly easy, so they want to encourage you. Thank you. you. I'm glad. (laughs) And you can go as shallow as you want, you know, just um, do their online session, or you can dive deep, deep, deep. They have links and uh, videos and um, experts that they bring on. It's just a wonderful learning experience from what I found. Um, but then the volunteer hours, I've been doing mine. This will count for a part of a volunteer mm-hmm. hour. The tour will. I help with the teaching garden they have down at the Rice County Fairgrounds, which everybody come to the fair, please visit our teaching garden by the extension building. Um, uh, somebody was out here, um, one of our master gardeners from Northfield, helping the Alternative Learning Center with um, some raised beds that they were doing. So it's a, 
if you like fun gardening I activities. I love that combination of learning and service, right? It's it's and and it is an ongoing learning because every probably every season presents itself with some new new gardening challenges, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that's great. And that's one of the things I love about the tour too is often the gardeners are there and able to answer questions and able to and you can say, well, I love this plant. What you know? How how did it? You know what makes this spot best for it? Well, you know what kind of light does it need, or you know when does it bloom, or how how often do you have to trim it? I mean, all those kinds of questions you can ask. And sometimes people will say, you know, I've got that in my garden, but it doesn't look like yours. <laughs> and you get a chance to perhaps a conversation in regards to that as well. And that is part of the fun. And of course, one of the things that the Northfield Garden Tour does was pair an artist with each of the gardens. And so there are a total of six gardens, and each each garden has its own artist. And and one garden has two because <laughs> of the uh, interesting um, juxtaposition of a wood carver and then a potter. And and we want to be sure that. Both of those medias were honored, and so uh, it worked out perfectly. And that's uh, Dick Zawacki and Glennis Lessing, who, if you listen to Art Zaney, have both been a part of the show a couple of times, and it's been just great getting to know them and so be able to see their work. I think it does kind of change the artwork. It just, I don't know, somehow being in a garden space to see it, 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 it just lends to a more relaxed environment and really just a lovely day to meet with the artists, see their work, and linger with them as well as you do with the garden. That's at Julie Faulkner and Steve Faulkner's um, site. And so that one, is that is that in Faribault? No. No. Okay. It's uh, Their garden is at 5086 Street East. In fact, we have actually got four gardens that are so close together that a person could park their car by Central Park and then just walk to four of the gardens if they wanted a little bit of a walk. Perfect. And that's nice too, right? And and a very doable. And then at the Lipinski Jokola Garden, we have Becky Jokola, who I bet there's a connection. There is indeed. <laughs> there is indeed. Uh Becky's husband and uh Mary Jane uh Lipinski's husband are brothers. So and it works out well because Becky uh, does a pastel painting plain air. So she's actually going to be on-site painting both days, if the weather will let her on Sunday, but certainly on Saturday. Wonderful. And that is a, a treat. Her, her, uh, um, What she does with paint is just amazing, and she always it's, creates these scenes that just pull you right in. Yes, they do. And uh, it's interesting. She's a retired art teacher. So, you know, that that may bring a piece to it in terms of her eye and how she sees things. And I haven't had a chance to see Mary Jane's garden. She and uh, Bill, their garden. But it sounds so interesting. You go into the backyard and there's a prairie in a, what should we say, a 1940-era cast iron sink has been buried <laughs> in their backyard. And it is now a prairie garden. I'm very curious about this. It it has, and you have to go to their backyard to see it. Okay. We shall shall see. Never know what's around the corner. Yes, yes. And then at the um, Pock Garden is Suzanne Klum. And everyone knows her from Glass Garden Beads. She used to be here in Northfield. Now she's down in Faribault. And she just has a... Just, just so, so spirited and color and bright, and it's just lovely to, to think about what she might be bringing to the garden. Um, she has a great history with textiles, and so I, her design is really exquisite. And so that'll be fun. Also at your uh, garden, have you had a chance to meet with, um, at Kathy's garden, is Geraldine Thielen. Have you had a chance to meet with her yet? Yeah, we got together, so we know what the setup's going to be. But one thing that she does fused glass, and one thing she does is whimsical garden stakes. So I got to see a little preview of those. So 
You can get smaller ones for pots and taller ones to put in your garden. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I have a few of them in my yard, and they're just, they're really fun to have. And that's that's something else. In addition to the plants that you see in the garden, you get to see kind of how people have used, you know, just various, you know, sculptures or rocks or pavers or uh, just ways of creating you know, uh, corners and bringing life to spaces. And that's one of the things I enjoy too, because I sometimes have a hard time imagining what that is. And uh, do, I forgot if we talked about at the McKenzie Garden, if uh, the Jill and Ken Hilton, we didn't yet on the air. We were talking about it ahead of time. Those are um, folks your co-chair Donna May found uh, and wanted to bring into the garden tour. So tell us a little yes, bit about Jill and Ken Because Hilton. they use 100-year old silverware and they create from that silverware sculptures of birds dragonflies and you can use them for coat hooks so i'm looking forward to getting a chance to to uh see these they also have hand felted soaps with one-of-a-kind flowers Mm. and they're made with merino wool and organic That'll be fun. So, yeah. so much to see and I know, do. And, I know. Uh, and then the last garden to talk about, the Hanson Garden, has Kathy Ness, who is just uh, a wonder. She, <laughs> she does so uh, just so much in this community. And uh, she's doing um, fabric creating, right? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, I believe it was Kathy that began the uh, making of book bags when yes. she worked... Uh, I was a librarian at the uh, library. She has since retired. But uh, she started that making of of uh, book bags. And she does. I, it would be fun to see what she does because her creative mind is just oh, yes. brilliant. <laughs> so <laughs> what a joy. What a joy. So there's so much to see on this tour. Um, we should talk a little, too, about the Garden Club. How long have both of you been involved with the Garden Club? I'll start with you, Kathy. I'm going to have to bail on that, to oh. Elizabeth. I'm not a <laughs> member is, yet. Oh, which, which is exactly what we as a garden club appreciate. Five of the six gardens that you will be visiting are persons who are so busy with their lives that that added commitment of belonging to the Northfield Garden Club actually is one more piece that doesn't quite fit into their schedule. And that's why each month... We see to it that there's an article in the paper so that guests are always welcome. They don't need to be invited by anyone else. If they see something in the paper, people people come to the specific meeting that speaks to what they're interested in. And I will say as a result of that, we oftentimes do have people join us. Like, for example, last year, if I'm not mistaken, I know we had one, and it might have been two people join our garden club during the tour Mm. because they said, oh, you know, this is something that that I see myself as enjoying. It's just, it's that time commitment, and and people are are so busy uh, with whatever it is they do, but we welcome guests. Our goal is, because we will have been a garden club for 75 years in 2025 to have 75 members right now we are at 68 members well i think you're gonna get there i was surprised to hear that it had been a garden club since 1950 i mean that is a long tradition that sure is it's fabulous and i i love the way that the um, on the website, it mentions that your endeavor to advance and promote the art and science, and I, I think that is really essential. It's both of horticulture and encourage all forms of home and civic gardening projects in Northfield. And as you mentioned, you have several uh, events, it, one one a month, except for January, right? Correct. <laughs> Take a month off. <laughs> and I'm excited to see the August event, which is on August 9th at 1 p.m. at the 50 North Patio, will feature Terry Knight, who many of you... Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. That should have been changed on our website. Oh. She had to cancel at oh. the last minute, and I didn't catch that when we were talking before the program and but what we are doing is we're going to take a tour so uh that that information will be uh forthcoming uh because terry wasn't able to 
Well, I, she is a, a glorious and delightful gardener. She, and I want to give a little plug to her okay. little uh, bit. She does Garden Bite, um, which is a website, gardenbite.com. And she's uh, hosts little tiny tidbits about gardening that she does daily um, and produces that. And it airs now on, I didn't know this, 29 radio stations throughout this, this region. And we're hoping we will be able to reschedule yes. her for next year. Absolutely. To, to be a... Uh, in our program series next year. And you have all kinds of, I love the topics that you, you list on the website of, you know, little different kinds of gardens and, you know. Uh, well, it, we had a wonderful tour of the Carlton Arboretum. Uh, uh, Nancy Breaker has actually, it was a follow-up. We did a fall tour a year ago, and then this past year, we said, oh, we want to go back for the spring flowers. <laughs> so, again, Nancy took us around and just, it's, this is the type of thing that we just like to do. Go out and visit gardens or, uh, in the case of, uh, and uh, I think COVID really opened our eyes to the importance of going out to do things as opposed to being in a small confined space, mm. you know. Uh, however, we do love our spring program in uh, April when we are introduced to the 2022 uh, plants of the year. <laughs> and uh, Bernie Emery from uh, Connects comes and shares that with us. And I think this would be her fifth year or fourth or fifth year that she's done that uh, I think for that us. one might be even listed online, isn't it? That there's a yes. link so you can go yes. uh, take a listen. That's always exciting, right? And that's, It is. That's the, the uh, delight and the uh, you, I bet you're gardening all year long because you're dreaming and then you're working and then... It, In fact, that I think helps some people get through the winter mm. is, is to start thinking about spring. Mm. <laughs> yeah, about February, we're thinking. Definitely. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> or starting some small, which plants do I want to start? In? Now, considering we're zone four, I better not start them growing just yet, but I'll get the seeds and get the pots all lined up. Right, right. And Kathy, tell us what you hope people take away from your garden when they, they come and see the different kinds of things you've done and what where are you in the evolution of your garden in this new space in town? Well, I'm nine years in at this point, and I did kind of put together a notebook, too, to show people pictures of, um, you know, Before. 2013 and, and now and how it's changed over time. Oh, so that's excellent. So, so people can see. I think that's really important, that, that uh, way things transforms but it's it's a little slower than you might like right there, there are failures along the way right elizabeth oh yes so the, the plant is fact, not gonna work there <laughs> <laughs> it's screaming at you yes and i keep thinking oh but it's so gorgeous so i'm trying my lamium under my pagoda dogwood for the last this is its last chance if it doesn't take off then i'm gonna have to change like i had to change my ground cover underneath um I'm trying to remember which uh, tree, my nanny berry tree. It didn't like what I put under there, so I switched to cranes bill, and the cranes bill is everywhere and popping up on a lower uh, 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 garden and up on an upper garden. So definitely cranes bill is what I should have used. Yeah. Some things do too well, which reminds me I want to give a shout-out to my lovely assistant, my husband Steve Albers, who is a noxious weed warrior. Oh, so right. Yes, we forgot will, to mention that. He will be uh, there to answer questions about buckthorn, which we've um, dealt with, he's dealt with for uh, years on our seven-acre tree farm. Mm. So he's got hints to share for that. But he's also hired by Northfield and Bridgewater Townships to spray wild parsnip, which oh. is becoming a problem for Gardeners, Serious. not something you want to mess with as a gardener. Right, and people should be aware what that looks like because it's, isn't it one of those where if you touch it, you get a rash? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah you get a chemical on you that the plant gives you, and then if you're exposed to sun, it turns into terrible blisters. I mm. mean, like, like you've been burned. It's just awful, so you really got to keep away from it. Um, and the city of Northfield has to 
get on top of it for some of their parks, too. We've discovered that along, um, uh, like the old bike trail and or the newer bike trail in Dundas. Had some that Steve's helped um, control, but the city has been going around and trying to eradicate it because you don't want um, your children exposed to wild parsnip. So it looks like, um, well, it's part of the carrot family, um, and um, but it grows maybe three, four foot tall. It's got um, an umbel, um, you know, it's a flathead cluster of flowers, oh, right. yellow flowers. So it's like Queen Anne's Lace, if you're familiar with that, that has white flowers. This one has yellow flowers, and it's blooming right now. And it's easily spread by mowing. If people mow when it's seeded, they just spread it. So we've been, Steve's been working with the township and county and state to try and control the mowing practices so it's not spread so, so far. That's a really important thing because, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, there are, sometimes distinctions are dependent on who the, uh, viewer is whether you think it's a plant or a, a weed, but this one in particular is a, a kind of a, a scary and it one. It is <laughs> very attractive, very appealing when it when it blooms. Mm. We had a relative who picked a bunch <gasps> for wedding uh, bouquets and just came up with a horrible rash. So, oh dear! Yeah, mm. so got to be aware. Got to got to know, and that's what's great about having a community of gardeners is you can share those stories and tell those things and pass the, those traditions and ideas on. So and there is a Facebook. The Northfield Garden Club does have a Facebook page, so people can certainly share gardening uh, clues and and warnings and pluses. Right, and that's what, because gardening is um, always surprising, <laughs> but mostly enjoyable, except for some days when it's, you know, a little humid and you got to get out early. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and I bet, I appreciate you coming here, Kathy, since your garden's going to be on the tour. I bet today you were, you're planning to be in the garden, finishing up some of those, what are some of the last things you're working on? Get grubby. <laughs> yeah, that's my plan. Well, it, it's so wonderful to learn a little bit about your garden. I can't wait to see it in person. hope so. And I'll definitely, I, I love this tour, and it is um, a chance to, to just dream a little and uh, learn a little and, you know, meet some wonderful people in this community who have spaces that you don't always get to see. So you get to go behind that, that door and find out what's, what's happening. Anything else we've missed in the last few minutes we have here? Well, I am hoping that everyone has a sense of ownership as they walk around and look at the flowers because this is community gardening that we are doing. It is for the betterment of everyone, and there's nothing like the calm of seeing some beautiful flowers. And if you should chance to see a weed, please pick it. Mm. In in people's gardens or in the... As they're walking around town anywhere. If oh. you see a weed, I am sure the person doesn't want that weed there. So if you are inspired, go ahead, bend over and pull it. See, no, I would never do that because I'd be afraid that I didn't know what's a weed and what's a plant. Oh, you know a dandelion. <laughs> but is, couldn't they be somebody wanting dandelions? No. <laughs> well... Things change, you know. Some of our enemies are becoming our friends, you know. We're, True. Some people are doing the no mow may, you know, to encourage the flowers and in their gardens, like dandelions and even the dreaded, oh, what's its name, um, Creeping Charlie. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, we had a yard in Iowa that was overtaken. <laughs> mm -hmm. Creeping Charlie came from the neighbor, and it just kept coming, and it never stopped. Yeah, yeah. I pulled mine out, but people are talking about bee lawns, where you might, my no-mo, you might uh, mix with wild clover and um, encourage the, help the bees out in that way. Nancy had some interesting comments in regards to the no mo may. That would be the uh, curator of the Carlton Arb, the mm. director who takes care of that. And uh, she had uh, some very interesting research. She's doing research all the time. And one of the things that she uh, felt very strongly about was that the no mo may idea is flawed. And so you might want to consider... Uh, approaching her and asking her why it was that she was very definitely 
thinking it was not mm -hmm. yeah. the best way to do it. And I, I, so that would be interesting. Yeah, one thing I think of, it may not be good for a healthy lawn because um, you don't like to chop off more than like a third of your that's right. um, grass blade. So if you let it grow up really tall, that's chopping off a lot of that lawn. But yeah, I'd research it, definitely. And that's yeah. what master gardeners are all about. And I'm intrigued by that science. bee lawn idea. My kids immediately had a reaction when I said we should convert... You can, you can tell our, our family has a lot of conversations about the lawn, um, and, and they were absolutely opposed. They, they, they liked having the grass to play in, and, and I said, well, we've got to do some more reading about it. We've got to learn more, because maybe you can still stomp on, on the other things. You, know, you can still play in the yard. Um, if you want to learn more, there's an opportunity next Thursday. We're going to have two of our master gardeners at right next door at the public library, um, 6 to 8 on July 14th, Thursday night, and all second Thursday evenings uh, through the summer. Oh, and, wh and what is the topic uh, for this next? It's just ask a master gardener. You bring oh. your questions to us, and I'll be there in September and October. So that is every, uh, no. Second uh, Thursday okay. in the evening, 6 to 8 at the Northfield Public Library. What a great service that is. So you can take your specific questions about your garden and say, this is happening, what do I do? Bring your pictures. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what my leaves look like. <laughs> Japanese beetle, don't use those bags. They'll just attract more beetles into your yard. So that's true, right? <laughs> those fallacies that or people think that this is what's going to cure it, and sometimes it doesn't work that way. There's so much to learn. I hope folks are so excited about being a part of the Northfield Garden Club Tour. Again, tickets, $10. That covers both days, all, all the times from, uh, was it 10 to 4? 11, 11 to 4. four. Sorry, I didn't have my notes right in no, front of that's, me. No, that's all right. And the NorthfieldGardenClub.org is where you will get more details about it both days this weekend. Get out and just enjoy nature and the company of fellow people curious about making the world more beautiful. So thank you to my guests today. I really am excited that we had this opportunity to spend time together, Elizabeth Olson and Kathy Larson from the Northfield Garden Club. This is Art Zany Radio. I hope that in the meantime, you always take some time to add some more Art Zany to your life. And of course, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault.